WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. It is Thursday morning. Good morning, Thursday, August 17th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy day on the way. Could see a pop-up shower. The high going to be eight. Tonight, overnight, scattered thunderstorms, low 73. And then Friday, thunderstorms in the morning. Maybe some sunshine in the afternoon, high 84. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 70 and cloudy out in Great Neck on Long Island. 71 and raining down in Jackson, New Jersey. And it is 72 and cloudy here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. Uh, Lou and I were talking about this just moments ago. I noticed this myself, that post-pandemic, it's like people have totally forgotten how to drive. And I've noticed this. Now, this is, I take an early commute in. You know, I'm, I'm sitting behind my desk at around 3 in the morning. But on the way in, you know, you always have your drunk drivers. So I always slow down and get out of the way of those guys. But there's this whole speed thing's going on. And, uh, Lou, you were saying you had this problem as well this morning? Yeah, I, I encounter it every morning. It's worse and worse, I think, each day. But, you know, everybody, everybody's going very fast. I mean, I'm on the belt. And typically, drivers are going very fast because you can, and there's nothing, you know, it's kind of empty and clear. But then you will also get other drivers who just don't seem to care, and I'm going to get over there, I'm going to cut in front of you, and I... Excuse me. I can't believe I don't see more accidents coming in. I think it's it might be the worst part of the day uh, for accidents. And, you know, of course, Joe could concur that, I, I, I believe, because I just I, I can't believe it. I try to stay away. And then by the time you get to the BQE, you got trucks galore and they are taking up everywhere. So that, yeah, you might be right. It might be post COVID and everybody's just back and nobody's taking mass transit apparently. And, and the strategy, at least on my part, is I just back off. I used to be, uh, if I was younger, yeah. I would have challenged them. I don't do that anymore. No, no, yeah. no, no. Go at it, brother. I want to live. Goodbye. <laughs> right. No. If you want to go 90 miles an uh, hour, no. uh, go for it. But, and I, I don't know if it's just that they have less police or whatever, or they're just not pulling people I, over, I, but I don't see police. Yeah. Neither I, do I. I don't see, I see construction, but I don't see police. Yeah. There's always a lot of construction, which is fine. I get it. It's overnight and that's part of just working overnights but the speed thing is just freaking me out oh god bless god bless everybody that's all i say (laughs) jesus (laughs) all right let's get into the headlines the top five at five Curtis Sliwa gets arrested for the 78th time. Some new polls take the pulse of the 2024 White House race. Are Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul fighting with each other? Mail thefts across the city hit all-time highs. And there's another MTA congestion pricing meeting today. All right, let's get into it at 5.03. We'll start with Curtis Sliwa, who is out at the Creedmoor Psychiatric Hospital Complex in Queens Village last night as part of a protest to stop the migrants from being housed there. They built that tent city over the last couple of weeks. 100 migrants were rolled in on Tuesday night. And so last night, uh, as promised, Curtis Lewa said he would chain himself to the front gate of this new migrant center in protest of more migrants being housed there. And he did that. 
Uh, but before he did, of course, there was this big rally. Lots of people who listened to 77 WABC were out there, as among uh, others, neighbors who lived near this complex who were upset, saying, hey, we don't know who's being housed there. Uh, we want more information. And uh, maybe we should spread the love and send some of these migrants upstate, other places, other states. Uh, so uh, Curtis got the royal treatment because he had uh, signaled ahead of time that he was willing to get arrested to do this. Now, I had a conversation with him yesterday, and I said, you've been arrested 77 times, and you work for 77 WABC. I think that's good luck, and maybe you should stop there, because maybe this will blow up your whole career if you go 78 times. But he said, no, 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 I have to do this. So at this protest last night, uh, there was a lot of love for Curtis Lewa, uh, the Guardian Angel founder, of course, uh, the man who ran for mayor, and, of course, the radio host right here, 77 WABC. This man walks the walk. Back in the 70s, when crime was totally out of control, he put together something called the Guardian Angels. He's a New York legend. And I said the last time, if you put a big sign of New York, there should be a picture of this man next to it. He's the quintessential New Yorker. I love this guy. He's the real deal. He's no BS. He's on the radio, always helping. He'll run to Staten Island. Where he's needed, he goes. And by the way, if anybody here hasn't seen him or heard him speak yet, well, you're in for a treat because he's going to bring you to church. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna bring you to church. I give you Curtis Lewa. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. Uh, after that introduction, I'm not sure his head will fit through the studios at 77 WABC this morning. But uh, so then, Curtis takes the microphone. Let me make mention that suggested that maybe uh, I take on Eric Adams in two years. Swagger Man has no plan. I'm going at him because we need to save our city. Okay, so uh, there you go. I guess a sort of announcement that he's going to run for mayor again as a Republican. And then he, of course, dives into what the, the topic at hand is this migrant tent city at the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility in Queens Village. Eric Adams, you have forsaken your own people. <laughs> Kathy Hochul, you have forsaken your own people. This is the New York State Psychiatric Facility for residents of New York, for American citizens who need to be hailed, healed. So make use of Creedmoor for what it was built to do to help people with mental health care issues, not house illegal aliens. No, not house illegal aliens. Okay, so he gave a little bit more of a speech, and in a moment, we'll have the moment when he was cuffed for the 78th time. So hold on for that. The first 507, WABC News Time 509. So Curtis Lewa at the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility in Queens Village last night was ready to get arrested, lock himself to the front gate of the psychiatric facility that is now the home of a tent city for some of the migrants that have come here from the U.S.-Mexico border can house up to 1,000 migrant men. There's enough cots for that. A hundred at least are already there. They were rolled in uh, on Tuesday night. So uh, Curtis gives a speech to this crowd, this loving crowd, and then gets ready to get arrested. Um, Here he complains about the treatment these migrants are getting. He says it's better than regular New Yorkers get. PlayStation, 72-inch plasma TVs, 
culturally prepared food. What? You don't want a bagel with a schmear? I'll tell you what. What about Kona Rosa Bichuelas, beans and rice? What? You want a chuleta on top, a pork chop, mangu, mafungo? Call Grubhub. The taxpayers will pay for it. All right, okay. So lots of people nodding their head. And so here's the moment I asked him not to do. I said, you need to stay at 77 to rest because I think it's good luck. But he said, no, no, I have to go for 78. I have not heard this, but this is the moment the cops cuff him. All right, so they cuff him, take him away. Now, I was communicating with him early this morning, which makes me think that they took him to jail and he's already out. Um, the uh, There were a lot of reporters there for this moment. Uh, Curtis not saying a whole lot to them. Curtis, what do you have to say? Curtis, Curtis, what message do you have for the mayor? He's saving it for us here at WABC. Curtis. Mr. Sliwa, why'd you, why'd you block traffic for, sir? So uh, they were Curtis. warned ahead of time, you know, that they would be arrested, and the arrests came. And uh, good for Curtis. He didn't talk to the reporters, because guess what? He's saving the exclusive for us here, 77 WABC. You'll hear him at his normal spot at 7.05 with Sid on Sid and Friends in the morning, and we'll give you the lowdown. Now, uh, we all cover all sides, of course, of every story here in the WABC newsroom. And there were some migrants who were watching this all play out last night. This guy's from Colombia. He's one of the people that was bust into the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility, Tent City there. By the way, the facility's open. Um, and these migrant men who are living there are uh, away uh, in a parking lot. That's where they've essentially set up this tent city. And this migrant was watching on, and here's what he had to say. We have dreams. Yeah. Yeah, we are... We, we're looking for a, a, a new opportunities for for our families. I don't know if they were in, in English, corruption. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too much in, in my country. Yeah, so he says uh, he left uh, Colombia to come here and uh, didn't have much to say about the protest, but he was watching on as that took place. Okay, so make sure you're here. 7.05 this morning, we'll get the whole load down after he was booked, what took place, and some other inside dirt that I don't have for you. 7.05, Sid Rosenberg, Sid and Friends in the Morning this morning. 5.12. Uh, let's go out to uh, Brooklyn. Just a heartbreaking story, and uh, a search has been underway for a missing nine-year-old boy who was last seen walking towards the water uh, at the Ikea in Red Hook last night. Cops say this child went missing just about nine o'clock, just two minutes before the Ikea was set to close for the day. The young boy was actually inside the store with his family, last seen walking towards the water of the Erie Basin. That's right next door to the store. Uh, We're told that the child has autism, is nonverbal. And here's the heartbreaking part. A shoe was recovered near the scene by the water. Uh, NYPD Aviation landed in the Ikea parking lot to drop off divers. They were in the water. Uh, I don't know when they called the search off last night. It was pretty late, though. After several hours of searching, um, they started to lose hope because there's some strong currents right in this area where the Erie Basin is, and it forced those divers out of the water for a period of time. They did go back in. But here's the heartbreaking piece of information we got this morning. So that shoe was found in the parking lot. 
And police uh, source told us this morning that a second shoe was found in the water during that search. So, uh, you know, uh, we hope for some reason somehow this uh, child is still alive, but does uh, look sort of grim. Of course, as more details come in to us about that story, we'll pass them on to you. 514. Out on the uh, campaign trail, a Quinnipiac poll shows former President Trump still the top presidential candidate despite his legal troubles. Uh, The pollster for Quinnipiac, Tim Malloy, says 54% of respondents think Trump should be prosecuted on criminal charges, while another 68% say anyone who's convicted of a felony should not be president. That's a big number, and that includes Republicans. So a lot hangs in the balance on where this thing goes for Trump. And as he faces a fourth indictment, Trump is now 39 points ahead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And if an election were held today, it would be a toss-up between Trump and President Biden. Uh, though these pollsters and the people who answered this poll say democracy is their main concern or one of their main concerns they think will be their main concern when they go to pill, uh, pick a candidate come 2024. So this is on the minds of Republicans, Democrats, independents, everybody. That's a big number of people worried about the very bedrock of what this country is, which yeah, is democracy. If it is democracy, it is a toss-up between Biden and Trump. But, you know, here we go. One of those terms, it's a lot of golf to play, a lot of time to go by. And four indictments. Yeah, we have to see how this is really going to play out and whether the Georgia one might push some people over the edge. Yeah, we, truth is, we just don't know yet because that Georgia one was not part of this polling. We have another poll as well from Emerson College. That's awfully interesting. We'll get into that as well. But first, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Friday Eve, Justin Ellick. Happy Friday Eve. Right back at you there, Gnome Layden. Here we start in Queens. The Mets best of Pirates by a score of 8-3 last night to take the series two games to one. DJ Stewart showed up in a big way for the Mets, mashing two home runs in the second and fifth innings before Pete Alonso stepped up in the seventh to send his 36th homer of the year into the left field seats. Well, that's drilled to left by Alonso, back to the wall, and it's out of here. A line drop, home run for Alonso, number 36 for Pete. That call courtesy of SNY. Telly McGill was very solid on the hill for New York through five innings of work, and the Mets will take the win to do four with St. Louis, or in St. Louis, I should say, against the Cardinals. Game one is set for tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. Jose Quintana will get the start against St. Louis's Adam Wayne right now for the Yankees, who continued to sink below rock bottom last night in Atlanta, losing 2 to nothing to cap off a sweep at the hands of the Braves. The loss, with the loss, the Yankees fall below the 500 mark at 16-61 overall. It's the first time they've fallen under the mark this season, and it's the latest in a season that they've had a losing record since 1992. Here was Aaron Boone following the game with some more of his delusional optimism. In, in recent history, you know, I think the Braves had a, a recent unlikely run. The Nationals, the Phillies were dead yeah, to rights at happen. the end of the last year. Um you know, and that's just a couple off the top of my head in recent history. Yeah, you're right on track. Um, Susan showed me one from '95 and the Yankees. So <laughs> you're right on track. Like, I get it looks bleak, and oh, yeah, no, I don't want to even suggest that we're in a position to even talk about that. We got to fix our own house and get it going. But there's a lot of season left too, and we gotta we gotta look at it that way. Oh my God! I can't believe I survived that. That was like the Gettysburg Gettysburg Address. That was a long, long speech. Huh? I mean, geez, it took a lot of words basically to say, "Hey, it's over." Okay, <laughs> my God, the Bombers will see though. If they can get that historic run started in a three-game set with the Boston Red Sox set to get underway tomorrow night at the stadium, and of course. 
preseason football to look forward to starting tomorrow night. Giants and Panthers at MetLife will get after it. And on Saturday night, the Jets and the Buccaneers will kick things off also at MetLife Stadium. Sports Note on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. Thank you very much, Justin Ellick. WABC News Time 519. We were talking about the 2024 race for the White House. Some new polling out from Emerson College and a couple other polling companies. A poll from Emerson College puts Trump handily in the lead amongst Republicans, backed by 49% of respondents. A survey from Quinnipiac University puts Trump 39 points ahead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, for example. Poll director Tim Malloy says it would also be a toss-up between Trump and President Biden in the general election. Finally, the latest NPR Marist poll has Trump winning the Electoral College in 2024, beating Biden with independence by eight points. James Flippin for 77 WABC News. And that's from NPR, which would not be known as a conservative outlet. Awfully interesting. 520 uh, over to Hawaii. At least 110 confirmed dead now in what has become the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. The devastating wind-driven blaze tore through the town of Lahaina on the island of Maui. We're going to continue to limit access in the impact zone for now because there is Again, like I said earlier, some toxins that we worry about, and we're going to rapidly go uh, through that area. Hawaii Governor Josh Green there says roughly 2,000 people still without power today. Estimates are the economic cost to Maui could approach $7 billion. President Biden, First Lady Jill Biden, set to visit Maui on Monday. White House says the President and First Lady will meet with first responders, survivors, and local officials Officials expect the number of deaths to rise as cadaver dogs continue to search the area. The blaze that tore through the town of Lahaina is the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. The president says Hawaii will get what it needs to recover. I immediately approve the governor's request for expedited major disaster declaration. That's a fancy word of saying whatever you need, you're going to get. The announcement of Biden's visit to Maui comes after he has faced criticism from some conservatives about his response to the wildfire. I'm Michael Kastner. President Biden was down in D.C. at the White House yesterday, marking the one-year anniversary of the signing of the Inflation Reduction Act. The Financial Times and the Wall Street Journal initially called my plan Bidenomics. But guess what? It's working. Biden called the legislation the largest investment in clean energy and climate action ever. He claims the uh, legislation's creating manufacturing jobs across the nation. Nearly 800,000 manufacturing jobs. Where is it written? That America can't create the most vibrant and innovative economy and be the world's leading manufacturer again. It's taking the most aggressive action ever on climate energy, ever. I've long said, when I think climate, not a joke, I think jobs. The sweeping legislation includes numerous Democratic priorities to address climate change and lower the cost of health care and prescription costs. 522 uh, North Korea. Uh, uh, yesterday confirmed publicly for the first time that American soldier Travis King crossed into their country. State-run KCNA now claiming private second-class King, who's 23, wants to seek refuge there or in a third country. A statement saying he confessed to illegally entering to escape, quote, maltreatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. Yeah, so the White House uh, heard those comments and they could not be verified, at least by their the people they're talking to, uh, while 
while in South Korea last month, a Travis King sprinted into North Korea while on a tour of the demilitarized zone. He spent time at a South Korean prison before that on assault charges, was due to remain uh, return to the U.S., uh, here's Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre. We remain focused on his safe return, as we have been saying for these past several weeks, and we are working through uh, all available channels to achieve that outcome. But the White House readily admits they don't really know what's going on here. They've not had contact with North Korea or uh, King himself. We would caution everyone uh, to consider the source here. We can't verify the comments that are being attributed to Private King, obviously. Yeah, so we'll watch that story. While we're overseas, Secretary of State Antony Blinken has spoken by phone with Paul Whelan as the ex-Marine remains detained in Russia. Reports say that during Wednesday's call, Blinken told him to keep the faith. The top U.S. diplomat noted the government is doing everything it can to bring Whelan home as soon as possible. Whelan has been in a Russian jail since 2018 and was sentenced to 16 years in prison on an espionage charge that he denies. U.S. officials have declared him wrongfully detained, along with American journalist Evan Gerskovich, who's also being held in Russia. I'm Brian Shook. Let's bring it back home and up to Boston. Nobody injured after another close call involving some f- planes on the runway. This one, an American Airlines flight at Logan International in Boston. A nurse who was aboard this flight says it was awfully frightening. All you heard was the squealing of the tires. Right as we I felt like we're about to take off, they instantly hit the emergency brakes. So the flight started to take off when the plane had to suddenly use its emergency brakes. FAA says this was caused by a Spirit Airlines plane that was coming too close to the runway hold line. So the air traffic controller who noticed that Spirit plane canceled the takeoff clearance for the American Airlines flight that was about to take off. I'm happy to know that the air traffic controllers were able to do their job. Yeah, that's somebody who was aboard the plane. Uh, his name is Timothy Fiore. He actually says this is the second time he's been involved in some frightening moment like this on a plane this summer. It does make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, uh, and uh, there's been a number of these incidents all summer. FEA, of course, says they're investigating this latest one at Boston Logan. The Federal Reserve warning the pace of inflation may mean more interest rate hikes are on the horizon. In a recent meeting, Fed officials were somewhat optimistic the last quarter percentage point rate hike would be the last of the cycle, and officials would wait and see how the hikes were impacting inflation. But new data shows the economy is expected to slow and unemployment will rise. That might mean another rate hike in September. I'm Lisa Taylor. Target is seeing a drop in sales after that backlash over its Pride Month merchandise. They fell over 5% in the second quarter, with customers buying less in discretionary categories and instead more in the food, beauty, and essentials categories. A press release from the company says the retail giant will cut its profit outlook for the rest of the year. CEO Brian Cornell added that Target will continue to focus on the guest experience while taking a cautious approach to planning as it preps for the fall season. I'm Brian Shook. So Wall Street opens today on the heels of a lower close on Wednesday. This comes after the minutes from the Fed's July meeting hinted at those rate hikes in the near future. At the closing bell, the Dow won down 180 points. S&P fell 33 points. NASDAQ dropped 156. Uh, Meanwhile, It's already holiday shopping season with some big retailers rolling out string lights and Christmas trees. 
uh, what's today? It's August 17th at Home Depot. Holiday products, including eight-foot Santas and giant nutcrackers, launched online last week. Costco rolling out its artificial Christmas trees. And according to Google, more than a quarter of Americans are already shopping for the holidays in July. E-commerce uh, platform Shopify says sales of ornaments last month were up over 25% compared to last year. And seasonal village sets and accessories are up 240 40 percent. All right. I guess the rest of us are late to the uh, party. We got a lot more to get to as we work our way up six o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. When we come back, uh, Mayor Adams, Governor Hochul, they may be fighting with each other. Do you remember how much Governor Cuomo hated Mayor de Blasio? We'll see if it's that bad. Uh, mail thefts across the city have hit all-time highs. What is the post office doing about it? We'll find out. There's another MTA congestion pricing meeting that's set to take place today. And do you remember that guy who scaled down a hospital wall? He was a prisoner in Manhattan and got away. Well, they still haven't found him yet. We'll get into that story as well. But first, this at 530. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Thursday, August 17th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mostly cloudy day on the way. Could see a pop-up shower. High 80 tonight, overnight Scattered thunderstorms, low 73. And then Friday, thunderstorms in the morning. Maybe some sunshine in the afternoon, high 84. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 70 cloudy in Great Neck out on Long Island. 71 and cloudy in Jackson down in New Jersey. And it is 72 and some light drizzle here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the big city with the stats coming out about the migrants that continue to roll into New York City from the U.S.-Mexico border. More than 101,000 migrants have now passed through New York City's intake centers. Put that in perspective. This population is larger than the entire city of Albany. That's Deputy Mayor Fabian Levy says of the 110,000 people in shelters, more than 58,000 are migrants right now. In New York City's latest effort to free up shelter space, Levy says it has notified more than 2,900 adult men that they have 60 days to find alternative accommodations. Officials say new arrivals keep coming with 2,700 arriving just in the past week. Again, we want to continue to ask for more support from our federal and state partners because we know that it will take all of us to solve this national issue. And Levy says the city's reviewing a controversial letter the governor sent to a judge overseeing the city's right to shelter policy. I would first like to point out we're very uh, appreciative of the state's collaboration with us every single day. Uh, We are also very appreciative that it sounds like in that letter that the state wants to do more. And we very much welcome that. Yeah, but there's something going on here between the mayor and the governor, maybe anyway. On Wednesday, tension began to build between Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul over the handling of these migrants. It comes on the same day. Governor Hochul's administration criticized New York City's response to the migrant crisis. She says she's offered New York City help and they haven't taken her up on some of it. Well, it is true that they did not accept some of the 
help we offer. That's a statement of fact. I can show you all the sites we offered when they were in need of state-owned sites. We offered them months ago. They're still available. Yeah, so in a letter uh, from a lawyer for Hochul, they criticized Mayor Adams' management of the migrants. Uh, They gave them this long list of places of where they could put them. Mayor Adams heard about this and uh, pushed back against what Hochul said. We're going to sit down and show her why we could not use those places. Uh, She stated that the invoicing of getting the invoices in uh, were taking too long. We want to sit down and show her why it took that long. Yeah, but Hochul says we could be spreading these migrants out statewide. There's places willing to take them. Uh, both Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul uh, trying to take it down just a bit later in the day, both saying that they like each other and that we in the media are trying to make something out of something that's not there, a fight. People want to see the governor and I fight. That's not going to happen. I like her. She likes me. People uh, enjoy, particularly in the media, identifying any disagreements as a major fight. So that relationship is strong. My point is, we are here to help. Yeah, so we'll see what happens with these sites that have been offered by the state, whether the mayor will take them, uh, Governor Hochul, up on them. 536 up to the Bronx, bullets fly. Police-involved shooting in the Morsania section of the Bronx last night. Uh, cops say... A person shot at officers. Police returned fire. Nobody hit by the bullets. This neighbor racing home to see what the heck was going on. Okay, we now. To be here. Get up early in the morning, go to work, and come see this one. Very scared. Yeah, not what you want to come home to. One witness providing video showed the incident unfold. Gunshots could be heard. Multiple people, including a uniform officer, are seen sprinting up East 169th Street. Police say that a gun was thrown into the garbage. They recovered that. Two people, thankfully, taken into custody. Uh, police have not released their identities. The good news here is none of the officers were hit by gunfire. 536, that hulking Spider-Man prisoner who escaped from a Manhattan hospital last Wednesday by rappelling down the side of the building using bed sheets and towels and then getting into a cab. They still haven't found him yet. Uh, some police officers telling the New York Post that this is embarrassing because this guy's a hulking person. He would be easy to pick out in a crowd. His name is Yen Chen Chen. He's 44, six foot three, weighs 250 pounds, was somehow able to make this risky, broad daylight escape from Mount Sinai Beth Israel Hospital in Gramercy Park last Wednesday afternoon. He had been taken there because he was complaining of some heart issues. They had arrested him on some sort of drug charge, not a major thing, but a drug charge. And uh, he asked the nurses for towels and sheets because he wanted to take a shower and then lowered himself a number of stories to a rooftop. And then he took a ladder off the roof and hailed a cab and got away. Now, police think he's in New Jersey, but they haven't been able to find him so far. WABC News Time 539. People who work for the city of New York have uh, looked at their phones, if it's a city-issued phone or a city-issued device of some sort, and they'll notice there's no longer TikTok on it. TikTok is now banned from all city-owned devices. Former FBI agent Stuart Kaplan says the move is for security concerns, especially due to governments which are threatening to the U.S. and are utilizing the app to steal information. Extrapolate our personal information to gain intelligence on us 
or to use the application for disinformation. Some 330,000 people who work for the city, uh, a good number of them have city-owned devices, so they will be wiped if they haven't already off their device. Over the weekend, the app was deleted from most devices. Outdoor dining, here to stay in the city. Mayor Adams signing legislation yesterday that establishes uh, regulations, makes outdoor dining a permanent fixture following, of course, its popularity and its rise during the pandemic. The permanent program is going to help our small businesses thrive, get people to spend money in our neighborhoods and create great jobs for New Yorkers. But it won't be free. Restaurants will have to pay for a permit to have year-round sidewalk seating and seasonal roadway dining structures. Those dining structures can only be up for a short period of time. The street cafes will only be allowed from April through November. The pandemic is over mostly, but our need to be together and celebrate diverse culture through food still remains. And with Dining Out NYC, it's here to stay. Which is a good thing. I think most people like the outdoor dining, but some restaurant owners, critical, because they say it'll be too costly to put and take down those structures annually, and they were hoping they'd be able to leave them up and use them year-round. City officials, commuters looking for answers. Maybe they'll get some of them today on what congestion pricing will be, how much it will cost, who will be exempt. Uh, A member of the MTA Congestion Pricing Committee, it's a fancier name than that, but they'll be meeting today to discuss more about how this will be rolled out. Members of the City Council's Committee of Transportation and they were speaking out yesterday. Here's City Councilman Ari Kagan, who wants to know how these congestion pricing tolls, the money that will be uh, charged to you to drive below 60th Street starting next spring here in Manhattan, where will that money go? Where all this money going? That's my first question. Accountability. There will be more uh, empty streets. There will be less businesses, you know. It will be better, not just for Brooklyn, not just for Southern Brooklyn, not just for outer boroughs, so-called outer boroughs. But for Manhattan as well. There's a lot of advocates, which uh, Tiffany Ann Taylor is one of them. She's vice president for transportation at the Regional Planning Association. She says this is a good thing, congestion pricing. Other programs and other system-wide improvements, like in, uh, improvements to security uh, features, improvements to uh, station accessibility and, and making them more eligible for folks with different mobility issues. The congestion pricing plan would add surcharges for people driving south of 60th Street in Manhattan, which could be anywhere from 9 to 23 bucks per day. We still don't know yet. Maybe we'll have a little more clearer picture after this committee meets later today. 542. Have you had your mail stolen lately? Like maybe you were waiting for something and it never came? Apparently we're hitting these all-time highs in terms of mail theft, which seems so Interesting because so much of what we do is online now. I mean, how much of it is the mail? But people get government checks. Uh, they get paid all different ways sometimes through the mail. There have been uh, 25,000 incidents of mail theft. Um, let's see, more than 38,000 incidents of mail theft across the country in 2022. Uh, and the big number of them here in New York City. In fact, This one guy who lives in Queens said he's had stuff stolen out of his mailbox and he's watched on as people seem to have the keys for those mailboxes. You know, the one where they take the huge bags of mail and they'll store it in a 
empty mailbox, and then another guy comes along who works for the Postal Department. He'll take the key, open the bag, and then he delivers the mail. Well, people have figured out that there's lots of credit cards and interesting things in those boxes, and so they've started to steal those keys from the mailmen when they're not looking or figure out a way to get into these boxes and steal mail. Right here, key, opens it, puts it in the car, hops in, drives away. I I, I couldn't believe it at first, and then... You start to believe after the 10th time that, you know, just keeps happening. So in the past five years, more than 1,000 people have been arrested nationwide. But that's apparently just the tip of the iceberg. Congresswoman Grace Meng, who's from here in New York, says it's becoming an epidemic in parts of Queens where thieves are stealing keys from letter carriers, using the keys to open those green relay boxes before the letters can be delivered to people's homes. Again, this guy in Queens says he's watched on numerous times as these guys come up, steal a bag. It's done in like 15 seconds. They open the box, grab the ca- uh, bag, jump into a car and get Two away. people pull up in a car. They go to the box, open it with their own key. It's one big bag in the box and they take it, get in the car and they're gone in no time. They come on a Friday as people get their checks. They'll come after a holiday. Yeah, so the credit cards, you know, they use work a few times until uh, somebody figures out that it's not legit. What bothers me more than anything is that through all the phone calls I had to make, I called the local uh, police department too, but I said this is a federal crime. So postal inspectors are the ones who take care of this. Yeah, yeah so the they did. post uh, office says uh, you should check your mailbox regularly, which, by the way, I don't do because I don't ever think to look at the mail, but maybe I should. And they say if you're mailing a letter... Uh, you should do it from the post office, which is kind of a pain in the butt. But they say that's one way around all this craziness. All right, 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noel Malin. I'll start here in Queens. The Mets best the Pirates by a score of 8-3 last night to take the series two games to one. DJ Stewart showed up in a big way for the Mets, mashing two home runs in the second and fifth innings before Pete Alonso stepped up at the seventh. To send his 36th homer of the year into the left field row seats. That's drilled to left by Alonzo, back to the wall, and it's out of here. A line drive, hold on for Alonzo, number 36 for Pete. That call courtesy of SNY, Tyler McGill was very solid on the hill for New York through five innings of work. And the Mets will take the win into four uh, in St. Louis against the Cardinals. Game one is set for tonight at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. Jose Quintana will get the start against St. Louis's Adam Wainwright. Now for the Yankees, they continue to sink below rock bottom. Last night in Atlanta, losing 2 to nothing to cap off a sweep at the hands of the Braves. With the loss, the Yankees fall below the 500 mark at 60 and 61 overall. It's the first time they've fallen under that mark this season, and it's the latest in a season that they've had a losing record since 1992. Here was Aaron Boone following the game with some more of his delusional optimism. Even in recent history, you know, I think the Braves had a recent unlikely run. The Nationals, the Phillies <laughs> were dead to rights at the end of the last year. That's uh, terrible. You know, and that's, that's just a couple off the top of my head in mm, recent couple. history. Um, Susan showed oh, me Susan. one from 95. the Yankees? So, like, I oh, get no, it looks you, bleak, and it's I don't want to even suggest that mm-hmm. We're in a position. Oh my God, to he's talk still going. Oh, he's we got to fix our yeah. own house and get it going. But it's like a there's a lot of season left too, <laughs> and we got to we got to look at it that way. Yeah, we got to look at it what way? I don't know. <laughs> Bombers will see if they can get. That. I lost him like five seconds. I mean, in. it's crazy. You know, he starts listing other teams. What are yeah. you doing, yeah. dude? You're spending too much time researching historic runs, uh, postseason runs in the, in late August, early September. You know, maybe yeah, you should, maybe you dummy. 
Yeah, yeah. You, you dummy. Maybe you should do, be doing research, I don't know, on how to win a baseball game. Right, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, they'll see if they can do just that, though. No. Starting uh, with a three-game set with the Boston Red Sox. That'll get underway tomorrow night at the stadium. And preseason football to look forward to starting tomorrow night at MetLife. You've got the Giants and the Panthers. And on Saturday night at MetLife, the Jets will kick things off with the Buccaneers. Sports. No, on 77 WABC. I'm Thank- Justin Ellick. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to step on your hey, name. Hey, don't worry. Say it again. Go ahead. Um, well, with sports on 77 WABC. Thanks, Justin. Let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. Last night, big protest outside the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility in Queens Village, where they've sent up and um, put up a migrant city for the migrants still uh, roaming here on buses from the U.S.-Mexico border. As we heard, 2,700 new migrants showing up just over the last seven days. 100 men have already been bused to this new migrant city in Queens. But there were people out there who say, enough's enough. We don't want these people in their neighborhood. They were led by our very own Curtis Sliwa. And uh, as he was set to step up to the mic to speak at this protest last night, he got this incredible intro. This man walks the walk. Back in the 70s, when crime was totally out of control, he put together something called the Guardian Angels. He's a New York legend. And I said the last time, if you put a big sign of New York, there should be a picture of this man Next to it, he's the quintessential New Yorker. I love this guy. He's the real deal. He's no BS. He's on the radio, always helping. He'll run to Staten Island. Where he's needed, he goes. And by the way, if anybody here hasn't seen him or heard him speak yet, well, you're in for a treat because he's going to bring you to church. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna bring you to church. I give you Curtis Lewa. I think they uh, treated him better at that protest last night than we do here. So uh, Curtis steps up to the microphone. There's really nobody better when it comes to these kind of moments. Let me make mention that suggested that maybe uh, I take on Eric Adams in two years. The swagger man has no plan. I'm going at him because we need to save our city. All right. So right away he establishes that he's going to make another run against Adams in uh, two more years. And then he gets into the meat of what this is all about. This migrant protest, protesting this migrant tent city set up at the Creedmoor Psychiatric Facility. Eric Adams, you have forsaken your own people. <laughs> Kathy Hochul, you have forsaken your own people. This is the New York State Psychiatric Facility for residents of New York, for American citizens who need to be healed. So make use of Creedmoor for what it was built to do, to help people with mental health care issues, not house illegal aliens. No, not house illegal aliens. So then the big moment came. He had been arrested, Curtis, 77 times before, and I'd begged him not to go for a 78th because I thought 77, 77 WABC, that might be a good luck charm to stop there. But he said, no, I have to do this. So here's what it sounded like as he was arrested uh, outside the Creedmoor psychiatric facilities. He tried to stop this uh, shelter from taking in more migrants. You can hear the cameras clicking in the background. Lots of photogs there. And there he was, 
taken in the paddy wagon, taken away. Uh, maybe they gave him, uh, 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 brought him to jail. We, we're going to hear all the details. We're going to coming up on with Sid at seven oh five this morning. Sid and friends in the morning. There were reporters who tried to ask him questions, but. Uh, being the good 77 WABC employee he is, he's saving all of his answers for us. But here's what it sounded like. Reporters shouting questions as well. Curtis, what do you have to say? Curtis, Curtis, what message do you have for the mayor? Curtis, Mr. Slugo, why'd you, why'd you block traffic for, sir? Yeah, good job. Not answering their questions. He'll answer the questions from us a little bit later this morning. Uh, there were a lot of people watching on. Not everybody against this tent city. Some people are okay with it being in the neighborhood. But, uh, of course, the large majority at this protest against them. And some of the migrants who actually have been given a cot in this tent city, the first 100 men who were there, they were watching on as well. Here's one of them who's from Colombia. We have dreams. Yeah. Yeah, we are we, we're looking for a, a, a new opportunities for for our families I don't know if they were in, in English corruption it's, it's too much in, in my country yeah so he didn't seem to have a problem with the protest but he says this is the reason I'm here for a better life all right 555 oh by the way again 705 this morning courtesy well you'll get to hear Everything that happened, was he taken to jail? The whole works. Make sure you're listening at 7.05 this morning. Uh, just what may be a tragic story out of Brooklyn. We've been following this all morning, waiting for an update. Search underway for a missing nine-year-old boy who was last seen walking towards the water near the Ikea in Red Hook. This was last night. The child went missing just about 9 o'clock. It was two minutes before that Ikea had closed for the day. The young boy had been inside the store with his family, last seen walking towards the water of the Erie Basin, which is right by the store. The child has autism. He's nonverbal. And uh, when police started their search, initially they found a shoe near the water, which was already heartbreaking. They brought in uh, the NYPD aviation. They landed in the Ikea parking lot late last night to drop off divers, those divers jumping into the water. But the uh, currents were pretty strong out there last night. So it actually forced the divers out of the water for a period of time. They did go back in before then calling off the search for the night. And we got this one piece of news that's very upsetting this morning that they did find a second shoe in the water during that search. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed that uh, hopefully this child is still alive. But I imagine daylight this morning they will continue that search. And on, uh, let's see, what can we end with? Something happier. There's got to be some piece of happy news that I have here. Uh, oh, how about this? New Jersey's tan mom is running for the U.S. Senate in Florida. Patricia Krenzel, the 54-year-old Nutley woman known on the Internet as Tan Mom, plans to challenge Rick Scott for his GOP Senate seat in Florida. She's filed the paperwork and plans to run out of Boca Raton. Krenzel gained international attention in 2012 after taking her 6-year-old daughter with her into a tanning salon bed. Krenzel was charged with child endangerment and acquitted and says she's focused on LGBTQ rights these days rather than on extreme tanning. I'm Sarah Lee <laughs> okay. Kessler. Uh, and then finally, uh, there's uh, TikTok always has these crazy things that doctors have to come out and say are not true. The latest one is uh, the suggestion that you lather yourself in beer as the best way to get an even suntan. So you put the suntan lotion on 
and then you lather yourself in beer. So doctors pushing back that this is probably not a smart idea. Not only now you don't have protection, you're purposely inducing more damage. That's Dr. Martin Kashir. He's a dermatologist in Texas. Says the beer actually washes away the sunscreen, which kind of makes sense. Harmful UV rays can lead to melanoma, which is the deadliest form of skin cancer. <laughs> and melanoma obviously kills. Have you tried this, the lathering yourself in beer to get I've done everything. Tan? I've done beer. I've done iodine. I've done urine. Have it you really tried beer? So Wait, great. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, this whole skin cancer thing is one of the biggest jokes. You know, they carve out your face. They, they make you buy products, 70s, 90s, 100s. Right. Everything after 20 is a waste of money, by the way. Yeah, that's a probably true. They, they, what they've done, to, to, to they scare the hell out of people. People, for the most part, are stupid. And they're like, I can't go out in the sun. Yes, you can. can Nobody we, looks good, pale as a ghost, in August. Can we Trust go back me. to you lathering yourself in urine? Like beer, I sort of get. But All of it. You, you, you did that? If, did... I, if I found out tomorrow my tan would look better if I've lathered myself in feces, you I'd let do that. you make on me. <laughs> right. Imagine the crowds for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love my Italian heritage and the food that goes along with it. That's why on Sundays after church, I head over with my father to Italo's Fine Foods on Forest Avenue in Staten Island with our list from mom. They have two locations on Forest Avenue, 1566 and the new one at 725. It's family-owned and serving Italian specialties since 2014. They also have a full catering menu, the freshest meats, imported San Martano tomatoes from Italy, and the best mozzarella. Order in-store, by phone, or online. They even deliver. ItaloFineFoods.com, I-T-A-L-O, FineFoods.com. Tell them Vinny Madunio and WABC sent you. Manja.